Hello everyone, uh, good day to all of you. A uh, quick introduction about myself and the topic for today's podcast. My name is Vivin Saptian and I've been working as a technical consultant in the Active Directory team of Manage Engine. Uh, the topic for today's uh, podcast is going to be Azure Active Directory and it has three sections. The first section is introduction to Azure Active Directory. Number two is how do you interact with Azure Active Directory, right? Uh, we know that uh, we'll be able to interact with on-premises Active Directory uh, with uh, protocols like LDAP and, and you have few other ways by which you can interact. But what are the ways by which you can interact with Azure Active Directory? Third section will be permissions in Azure Active Directory. So how are permissions assigned? How are they managed? How are they tracked? So on and so forth. And I'll be closing the podcast by talking about uh, emergency accounts in Azure Active Directory. What are they? When do you need to create them? And how do you need to protect them? So on and so forth. All right, let's dive right into the podcast. Okay. Now, Azure Active Directory, I mean, most of us are familiar with the on-premises Active Directory. It's a Microsoft Directory service. Uh, the core purpose of uh, the on-premise Active Directory is for authentication and authorization. We know that. But what exactly is Azure Active Directory? Well, going by the definition of Microsoft, Azure Active Directory is a multi-tenant cloud directory and authentication service. All right. Even Azure uses or Azure leverages uh, Azure AD, Office 365 leverages Azure AD. Uh, you have, you know, accounts, groups, rules. It also acts as an identity provider and supports federation, uh, for example, SAML authentication, so on and so forth. Now, I was just going through the Microsoft uh, Azure site and I found that the numbers that they have, uh, you know, put up on the site is, is quite amazing. I mean, it shows. Uh, the amount of time and money and effort they invest in bringing Azure up. Okay, I'm just going to share some official numbers with you uh, directly from Microsoft. So this is directly from azure.microsoft.com and numbers go like this. Microsoft invests over 1 billion US dollars annually on cybersecurity research and development. So just 1 billion dollars uh, for the research and development uh, purpose alone. Okay for Azure AD. And the most important of all is Azure AD manages more than 1.2 billion identities and processes over 8 billion authentications every day. I'll repeat the numbers, 1.2 billion identities and 8 billion authentications every day. And security is of prime concern to Microsoft when it comes to Azure AD because this is not deployed on premise. This is deployed in the cloud. So which means the dependency is on Microsoft. So that's why they have employed more than 3,500 security experts that focus on securing our data and also data privacy. All right. Now, these are some of the numbers with regards to Azure Active Directory that I found quite interesting. Goes on to show... Uh, the, the time and effort they spend in actually molding this technology. And added to that, one thing that comes to my mind when I talk about Azure is, uh, what does Microsoft do in order to ensure stability and availability of the Azure service? Well, Azure AD is deployed in over 40 data centers around the world, and the number is growing rapidly as additional Azure regions are deployed. Now, how do they maintain stability if you need to know the back end of it? 
Let me give you a quick tour of how stability and availability of data is ensured or the service is ensured. Now any piece of information that is written to Azure AD is replicated to at least four and up to 13 data centers okay, depending on uh, your tenant configuration. So if you have two tenants, chances are uh, the replication takes place to only let's say four data centers. Or if you have 10 tenants, the replication takes place to let's say 13 data centers. I'm just giving you an approximate uh, figure. Now, apart from uh, replicating the information to data centers, within each data center, the data is again replicated at least nine times. Right? Now, this is how Microsoft helps us to scale and also ensures the stability and availability of the service. Okay? Now, these are things that Microsoft does uh, from uh, their engineering standpoint. Now, the second topic is something that I'd like to uh, stress on is how do you interact with Azure AD? Now, even before that, I'd like to make one thing clear. I mean, uh, at least some of us get confused between Azure Active Directory and think of it as an Active Directory on a cloud. Well, let me make it very, very clear. Azure Active Directory is not Active Directory hosted on the cloud. I mean, there is no standard AD authentication methods, uh, for example, NTLM or Kerberos or LDAP, no group policies, so on and so forth. So Azure Active Directory won't work for traditional on-premises applications. And of course, you have cloud-hosted Active Directory environments. Uh, for instance, Active Directory instances hosted on Azure, Active Directory host instances hosted on uh, Amazon AWS, on Google Cloud. Now, these are all hosted Microsoft Active Directory environments, which have domain controllers, right? Now, when I say this, you might be wondering, if I host my Active Directory on the cloud, that's not Azure Eddy, but if I host it on the cloud, will the tenant admins receive domain admin rights to the hosted AD environment? The answer is no. The tenant admins are not going to receive domain admin rights to the hosted AD environment. Only delegated access will be provided, which often includes the ability to create, manage accounts in a specific OU or specific GPUs, right? So that's the distinction between Azure AD and Active Directory on the cloud. So Azure AD is not Active Directory on the cloud. Now going back to our second topic, which is how do we interact with Azure AD? Well, when it comes to the on-prem infrastructure, uh, we know how do we interact with the on-prem, right? Uh, we can interact with the on-prem infrastructure using tools like uh, Active Directory users and computers, and you have protocols like LDAP and so on and so forth. When it comes to Azure Active Directory, the tool that we have in hand to interact with Azure Active Directory is the administrators will be given a web console for managing the Azure Active Directory infrastructure. So the administrators log on to portal.azure.com. So they no longer have to have to be using uh, the ADUC console. So they have a dedicated web portal, so portal.azure.com to manage their Azure infrastructure. And now that I've already mentioned that uh, Azure Active Directory does not have LDAP, interfacing with Azure Active Directory involves connecting via Graph API, right? Or PowerShell modules. Now, there are two things here. So PowerShell modules are still used for management and reporting in certain aspects of Azure AD. Now, you might be wondering, we are talking about two things or two uh, uh, tools that Microsoft has given us to interact with Azure Active Directory. Uh, one is the MS Online PowerShell module and the other one is the Azure AD module. 
So some of you might think that the Azure AD module might eventually replace the MS Online PowerShell module, but I don't think so. The reason is the MS Online PowerShell module still has features that are not yet available in the Azure AD module, all right? So I think MS Online PowerShell module is here to stay for a longer period in time. So that's how we interact with an Azure infrastructure using the Azure AD module and also the MS Online PowerShell module. All right, again, we're talking about commandlets when it comes to PowerShell module and you have a whole bunch of commandlets. If you just uh, go through the Microsoft site, you'll find the right commandlets to you. So I'll leave it up to you. All right. Now that we're talking about uh, Azure and um, on-prem Active Directory, one thing that I'd like to uh, talk about is how do users gain access to Azure Active Directory? I mean, what are the access rights that can be granted to them? And are they granted in the form of group membership or something else? Well, when it comes to your on-prem infrastructure, uh, you know, permissions were granted based on OU-based delegation or based on groups. When it comes to Azure Active Directory, you have a terminology called as roles, okay? Now, roles help you help us identify special access. So instead of groups, uh, we have something called roles. It's just the term change, nothing else changes, I believe. So it's instead of groups, Microsoft now calls it as roles. Everything has a role. Every special action that you want to perform in Office 365 has a role. Uh, a very famous role is the global administrator role, right? So you have the global administrator, you have the billing administrator. So you have roles inside of Azure AD, right? That holds good for Office 365 as well. Now. Many organizations have a reporting account, which is the global administrator account, which you can think of as the enterprise admin, domain admin, and schema admin, all wrapped into one role. So which means the supreme role in Azure AD is going to be the global admin role. And this role has full control to Azure AD and all Office 365 services. Now, Microsoft even has a recommendation on the maximum number of global admin roles uh, that you can have in one infrastructure. I mean, this is their uh, optimum uh, number, I would say. Microsoft says that you can have five global admins, right? So five global admins is the maximum number because you do not want too many people having global admin rights because uh, basically they hold the keys to your kingdom. You don't want too many people having that. It becomes a bit tricky to manage. And... Since global admin was a high privileged role, uh, Microsoft thought of coming. Uh, I mean, th thought of coming up with something a bit lighter, and they introduced probably in the second half of 2019, if I'm not wrong, they introduced another role called as a global reader role. Now, as the name indicates, the difference between a global admin and a global reader is the global reader has read-only or view-only rights to all the Azure ad, Azure AD and Office 365 services. Okay. The global admin can manage all the services, whereas the global reader can read or view uh, all the Azure AD and Office 365 services. That's the key difference, right? Now, when do we use the global reader role? If you're wondering when do we use that role, well, you can use this role uh, and map it to your security team or auditors, those who require view-only access to your Microsoft cloud infrastructure, right? So 
auditors especially they need not be managing things in your ad infrastructure all they want to know is who what when and where and in every part of your uh, azure ad for the, for that the global reader role would be the act role that you can give to them now let's talk about disaster recovery or let's talk about uh, what do we do in case of emergencies how do we recover our azure ad in case of emergencies well Microsoft advocates the usage of uh, what I call the break glass account or the emergency account uh, in case of such emergencies, right? So this account is called as the emergency access account and I'm going to let you know when to use such accounts. All right, now the emergency access accounts can be used in uh, one of these following cases. Case number one, right? The user accounts are federated in your infrastructure and the federation is currently unavailable uh, because of a network failure or an identity provider outage. Then you might need the break glass account. Case number two, your administrators are registered through Azure multi-factor authentication and all the individual devices are suddenly unavailable or the service is unavailable, all right? which means your administrators or users might not be able to complete the multi-factor authentication process which is enabled. At that time, you might need the emergency access account. Or we have any unforeseen circumstances such as a natural disaster emergency during which your mobile networks or other networks are unavailable but you still have to keep the ball rolling. That's when you need the emergency access account. All right, so now that we understood the cases in which we might need the emergency access account, how many ad, uh, accounts are we talking about? We are talking about creating at, at least two accounts, okay? Not 10 or 20, at least two accounts or two or three accounts and safeguard those accounts. Now there are certain checklists or there is a checklist that you need to follow when you are, are about to create uh, such emergency access accounts. One. The emergency access account should not be associated with any individual user in the organization. You know the reason, right? Now, the second reason is the authentication mechanism that you use for the emergency access account should be different from the authentication that you use for other admin accounts. Because if one authentication protocol fails, you always have a fallback option. The last point is exclude at least one of these emergency access accounts from conditional access policies or phone-based multi-factor authentication, right? So this is something that I wanted to touch base when we talk about, uh, you know, Azure Active Directory. So that was a quick introduction to Azure Active Directory, the difference between Azure AD, Azure AD on the cloud and on-prem AD infrastructure. Until next time, see you, bye-bye.